0: Support for this podcast comes from Magic the Gathering Arena. You know the name. Now play the original strategy card game for free in an immersive digital experience full of explosive action and rewarding challenges. New to Magic? No problem. MTG Arena gives you the tools to become a Magic Master. Learn the basics at your own pace and unlock 15 decks just by playing. Download Magic the Gathering
1: Arena for free on your Mac or PC, available on the Epic Game Store.
2: a time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell
0: phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be hard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is, is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
2: host Daniela welcome to making sense of success a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes you can find us on instagram at making sense of success pod uh, please feel free to email us at making sense of success at gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment
0: alrighty Michaela did you want to introduce yourself to the listeners I'm um, just give it like a quick bio about yourself
1: yeah for sure so um, I'm Michaela Boyd. I'm finishing my degree in international economics and development at the University of Ottawa. Um, right now I'm just at home relaxing, taking a few summer classes online, trying to finish up my degree. Um, a little bit about myself I guess and what I'm passionate about. In When it comes to work I'm really passionate about economic justice and I try to bring that through and kind of the things I do every day so like some of the things I've done for work before like worked at Fair Trade Canada and their mission is really important to me just because it's about making sure that producers are being compensated fairly for their work which I think that all of us can relate to. Um, I did a bit of work abroad in Rwanda working for math and science research um, for African countries and collecting data for them. Um, Right now I'm kind of just on pause but um yeah, that's what I can think of right now. I don't know if you guys have any questions or
2: we do actually. We have like two bigger, <laughs> <Okay. figures. laughs> yeah, they're like bigger scope questions. Which, I, yeah, like we could get into those. We kind of like to ask these just to get um, our guests um, to be able to like, answer these bigger questions, so that the listeners can have like a better idea of like what like your thoughts are and everything.
0: So Mm -hmm. the first
2: one we start out with is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or that you've given?
1: Okay. Um, I think the best advice I've ever gotten is don't stress about what you can't do, but instead focus on what you can do. Because I'm a big, big stress. I focus a lot on stress sometimes in my life, and I use that to like propel me into like, doing good things and sometimes I use my st- success my stress is like a stepping stone for like my successes which I know like mm. isn't the healthiest thing to do so like I don't like I know it's not just me but sometimes we focus on like looking back on like oh I should have done this I should have done that but instead we can just focus on this like I'm here I can do what I can right now and that's I think really good advice because looking back on my undergrad for example like if I had known that we would be where we are right now I would have gone on more exchanges but I can't focus on that I'll just focus on the future and trying to do the kind of work I want to do later on
0: yeah that piece of advice is really prominent and important to a time that we are right now Mm -hmm. not being able to do the things that we could have done four months ago and it's crazy to think that because like we didn't know that being able to whip out our journals and like write during a class lecture was something to be like immensely grateful for and immensely like lucky like Mm -hmm. right now I'm like oh I had to go to class I had to drive 20 minutes down there and it sucked and that's all I want to do right now you know and I just focused on how that stress like kept fueling me and now like you have to think about oh I have to feel myself. Mm-hmm. I have to have discipline and motivation at the same yeah. time and not like stress out about it because like literally what is there to stress out about?
2: You
1: know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, like funny. it's, it's, it's completely funny. like self-guided, which it's mm-hmm. at the beginning it was a huge adjustment, but now it's like, okay, like I'm kind of like to some extent fully in control of my life. So it's, it's better. Definitely.
0: And then for the second question, um, it's like one of like the bigger the bigger ones the main juice of the podcast that's true um, yeah. the podcast <laughs> in general um what does success mean to you okay see
1: I knew this was coming um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think success to me well, success can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people but I think success is more like it's more like a path as opposed to one final destination where you're like, yes, today I am successful. I think every single day doing what you can, like if it's just doing your online class, doing your homework, if at the end of the day you feel like you did as much as you could, like, and success today looks so much different than success four months ago or a year ago or even a year from now, like, um, like a few months ago, success for me was, was, was like competing in debate for model African union. Like for me, like that was like a huge success today. Success for me is writing a paper for my online class. Um, And I think one thing about success that's really important is to try not to compare yourself too much to other people. Um, Success is such a relative thing. And if you're happy, just uh, going to work every day and coming home, then I think that's like, that's great.
2: Yeah I think it's so personal really like what defines success as you were saying like it could be just having like a nine to five and then like coming home to your family like that can be yeah. like the simplest form of success yeah but it has many dimensions though yeah as you were saying not to say that that's like the one definition of it yeah.
1: Yeah no, but I, I love this platform like I love like I love like listening to everybody else's like opinions on, like what was success for them like mm-hmm. and it's just it, it made me do a lot of thinking because like this summer, I was supposed to be well. My first internship was supposed to be abroad, and then that was canceled. And then oh, I had
2: no.
1: <laughs> it's fine; <No. laughs> I've come to terms with it. And then I, I was supposed to do a job with um, with the government, and then mm. that was canceled. So it's like success for me now is like I've done a lot of reevaluating. I think that's really important to like just remind people to like not be too hard on yourself.
0: What do you do for work? What do you do right now? You said you had internships. Um, currently corona does take has taken away many jobs <laughs> um, mine included um so what have you been doing with your
1: time yeah so besides
0: like, like school obviously school's
1: a big part yeah well of course um so for the last school semester like i guess Last summer, what I was doing was I was working at Fairtrade, doing, like, research on all the different kinds of Fairtrade programs. So, like, there's, like, Fairtrade schools and Fairtrade towns and Fairtrade university campuses that, like, make commitments to procure a certain amount of Fairtrade coffee or tea or chocolate or bananas. Um, So I was doing research to try and, I guess, promote those programs and um, extend outreach to those programs so that more people in Canada can know about Fairtrade. And then in the fall, my work through Fairtrade kind of transitioned into, um, more of like a digital communications role um, where I worked on they had this um, campaign called the banana campaign and so it was to help promote fair trade the purchases of fair trade bananas by Canadians um, because banana workers are subjected to like to so many um, injustices like economic injustice um, environmental pollution Um, they're not able to unionize in most places so I was working on that and trying to like focus on the instagrams and the twitters so like reach out to canadians um, and then at the same time i was also working at global affairs as a data analyst doing work and collecting data and making dashboards and reports on the types of uh, advocacy initiatives that canadian uh, missions are doing abroad and that's what i continued doing also the winter too and then i took a pause on that for the summer so those are the, that's like my main kind of work
0: um, so, in America, the, we have, like, this company called Driscoll's, and it's, like, our fruit company. Mm-hmm. Like, the main, like, the main fruit company and oh, a lot yes. of...
1: Berries, yes. Yes,
0: yeah, so, like, the berries and stuff. And, like, now people are, like, they're... Oh, yeah, we have that
2: here.
0: Me, workers? I was like... Yeah, so, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, their workers yeah. aren't, like, getting traded fairly. So, was it kind of like that, or was it more like, um... Like, the body shop, making sure all their stuff is, like, fair trade when they're making them. Yeah,
1: like, I can actually, I'll, I know exactly what you mean now. I'll explain a bit more. Okay, sorry. The, sorry, no, it's okay. I'll explain a bit more about the fair trade system. So okay. So, like the fair trade system, ex- when it pertains to bananas, it's trying to work so that companies like Dole and Chiquita um, don't have as much control over the banana market. Because some banana, some banana, like, workers earn, like, a maximum, like, $3 per day it's literal trash yeah
2: (laughs) it's just trash
1: yeah it's insane and so they work basically what fair trade does is like it's a system that sets a market price set not sets a price a minimum buying price above the market price and then any um companies like for example Equifruit is a Canadian company that procures fair trade bananas commits to buy bananas at that higher price and then um the fair trade workers are paid one the higher price, and two, they're paid a fair trade premium, which is, um, I think, one extra dollar for a box of bananas. So that and that dollar goes back into a community fund that can be used to create hospitals, schools, update their infrastructure. Um, and so that's the main premise of fair trade: is that just to like make sure that people are being, making commitments to buy ethically, and it could be for. Um, I know it's mainly bananas in Latin America and the Caribbean, and I know. Uh, Ghana in Africa, and then there's um, a lot of fair trade chocolate that comes out of West Africa. Uh, a lot of fair trade sugar that also comes out of West Africa. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 basically fair trade. Okay, and alcohol, I, I didn't know
0: that at all. Okay,
1: that's. The... I was like,
0: I don't know. This is like the podcast. I'm also learning at the same time, so like yeah. this, I reflect a lot just because like a lot of stuff I really don't know. No, that's fair. So, um, I just wanted to like make a clarification just also for like the listeners who don't know because like mm-hmm. not a lot of people who educate them who are not a- aware I guess mm-hmm. of the issue are like aren't educated yeah. me being one of them yeah not gonna Um, <laughs> uh, So I just thought like the clarification clarification was mm-hmm. very important. Um, and then doing that um, you work in the business world yet you help out people who aren't in the business world. And I think it's like very important to bring those two together Mm -hmm. and have advocates to those things.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you because when it comes to the, the primary goods that are basically make up our daily lives, like if you think about coffee, like coffee workers are honestly in the same predicament as banana farmers. They coffee, the price for coffee has been really not increasing over the past couple of years, but the costs of producing it have been. So a lot of coffee farmers who aren't fair trade, aren't able to unionize, aren't able to bargain for better prices because it's really, it's a buyer's monopoly. Um, there's a few big companies that buy coffee and then the sellers, if they refuse to sell at a higher price, then they're just not going to sell and their families won't be able to eat. So uh, by by fair trade allowing producers to, Unionize and join cooperatives. It really gives them a lot more power, and I think that's really important because for us, for Canadians or Americans, to pay an extra two or three dollars for a kilogram of coffee, um, but like knowing that those two or three Canadian or US dollars makes so much of a makes so, like such a huge difference in someone else's life, I think that's really important. And it's such a small choice that can have such a huge impact.
0: What made you want to do this? Would you? What made you want to choose your path to? Um, fair
1: trade? Um, well, I think because basically when I, I came back from Rwanda last year in 2019 in April, um, and that was really important for me because the work I was doing was in like math and science research, but also like Rwanda is a, a country that's, there's a lot of production of uh, tea and coffee. And so those are two really, really big main fair trade goods. And when I was kind of out and about and exploring the country, I would see these tea farms Uh, and the coffee farms and it kind of just made me reflect like okay like this is where my tea and coffee comes from like it comes from these people and not all of them were living in the best conditions and there's a few cooperatives um, in East Africa but not a ton and so when I found when I was looking for my summer job and I found a job in fair trade I got really excited because I could actually relate it to a place where I was a month ago so yeah
2: It's like, it's so nice to hear you talk about it, because I don't think we've ever like you and I had a chance to talk about like your experience in Rwanda and everything. Because like, for me, I, I think I've been exposed to these things, um, like through development work. Do you get what I mean? Like, and Mm -hmm. through like international development, studying it. Um, But it's really nice to hear you like talk about it on like a personal level and everything and like your experience and like seeing those types of farms and everything. I'm also yeah. glad that like, for example, like someone like Sierra, right. Who's in like a completely different major, her major is communications gets is like getting exposed to these things. And like, she's actually like learning about it. Like I can see that she's like intrigued by it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can definitely talk about the work I was doing in Rhonda. So basically um, in January, I left to go work at an NGO called the African Institute for mathematical sciences. And so the work that I was doing specifically was as a policy and research intern, and I was working on this thing called the African Science and Innovation Composite Index. And so the goal of that was to take a bunch of different indicators in a bunch of different topics, um, like the business environment, the physical environment, um, the policy and regulatory environment. Um, and also education, like the whole education infrastructure of every African country, and pull up data for all those indicators. Um, there was like maybe like seventy-five to one hundred indicators, in and all, for all fifty-four countries. Um, so it would gather that data, and then the data was meant to track which countries are um, performing the best in innovation, um, because innovation depends on a lot of different things, and there's not a lot of data um, for Africa that's produced in the continent like there's a lot of UN data there's a lot of World Bank data but there's not a lot of indicators that are very specific to Africa Mm. Um, so that's what I was working on there and then because I was there I would spend my weekdays in the city in Kigali which I always say this but I think if anyone's going to Africa I think the best place to go first would be Kigali I know that's biased um, because I spent three months there but (laughs) it it was just it was such a beautiful place and it was so much fun and everybody there was so kind um and that's just one that's just one place I would really recommend but anyways on the weekends I would try to get out to like um the like the northern provinces and in up there there there's the like the volcanoes national park and that's where I would do like a little bit of hiking and I could see um just how people lived in like rural Rwanda and it was definitely a big eye-opener because it's not the same as city life at all and even city life is so varied like you could see this the the disparities there was areas with huge huge mansions like like we have here even bigger than we have in ottawa yeah Um, and then there was areas that were lower income and people were definitely having a harder time of it than they were in the richer areas and it was just really interesting to see that contrast yeah like the polarized Uh, wealth
2: distribution yeah oh
1: absolutely like yeah I I obviously like it's it's clear that like there's going to be disparities wherever you go but I just wasn't expecting it to be so jarring yeah
2: like two opposite like extremes that's the problem they're like extremes Mm -hmm. but I think that's probably helped like that experience there has helped shape your like definition of success in that way right because I think someone maybe who doesn't have that much, they can still be happy with their life, like obviously it depends who you talk to, but I mean right. there people have like different outtakes on it, and
1: mm-hmm. sometimes
2: like you meet the happiest people and they don't have very much
1: oh absolutely, and it's like especially like when I'd go to like the marketplaces and I would see people like selling their food, and I know that- like farmers like because I know that they don't earn a lot because food is cheaper like yeah, do you they talk a lot about um when you go to uh Country that's not your own, they talk about the tourist tax. Mm-hmm. um Where, like, if you're just buying like produce or you're getting on a taxi or anything, you always have to pay a little bit more than a local, uh, mm-hmm. which is fair. Because when I think about it, I'm like, okay, like, what what's the difference that I'm really paying here? Like a dollar, right. two dollars, we're fine. Yeah, but I think I think also what you're saying about like seeing like having people who are able to be happy with a little bit. And then being able to find their own success, that's helped me define what my success is too. Like being able to see firsthand that there's people who don't have the same opportunities that I have. Like for me in the long term, success means like being able to help people access the opportunities that they should have, whether it by being like finding decent work or getting properly compensated for their work. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that'll look like. I'm not sure what kind of job I'll be in, but I just know that producers And also equal pay is very important to me. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Life is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: great, though. Like, I feel like that experience was probably so, like, I I feel like it probably brought you down to earth and everything, really. Like, Mm -hmm. you get to see, like, the everyday lives of people in, like, a so-called, like, quote-unquote developing country, right? And not somewhere like in a Western society where we're all kind of like laid out with, at least in Canada, more equal opportunities. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Not to say everywhere there's equal
2: opportunity in Canada,
1: but. (laughs) It it depends. Like everything is so variable. Like everything is like a spectrum because Mm. when I think about like some areas of around too, like you can look up like their like business center and their, their malls, like some of their things, like arguably like were nicer than Ottawa. Like there's some parts. I know. No, I know. it was crazy. There's some parts of Kigali that were like better than here. Cause is um,
2: the same way too. And there's <laughs> some like, like shopping malls. They just look nicer. I don't know. They're more like yeah. aesthetically pleasing. I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it was, uh, I think everyone should, if when you can, when we're able to travel, try and if you're interested in development work or mm. um, it's really important to go in your, when you can and, and as soon as you can, because it, really just would like maybe make you realize things about yourself that you didn't know types of work you didn't know you want to do mm. yeah
0: it's also really important to do all of that stuff as like as soon as possible because mm-hmm. the world that we live in now is honestly just coming to shambles <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's insane yeah. <laughs> like I mean there's so many places like there's so much going on I don't know what's going on in Canada because I live in Denver Colorado Mm -hmm. obviously and like I'm in Arizona right now and people just are chilling every single day not a worry in sight probably because it's a million degrees here so like they can't worry about anything but burning their flip-flops but (laughs) and like there's so much going on how are we going to develop going to develop into something better like how are we going to help those countries be more innovative
1: i don't know i think it depends well like for example what i saw in africa in 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 africa in Kigali specifically because i um what i noticed like the program the ngo that i worked for was funded by global affairs and it was also funded Mm. by the international development research center which oh, is a wow. two, really, okay. which are two really big, uh, development organizations in Canada. One's mm-hmm. public, one's private, and there are people there. Like Africa has a lot of very, very smart, very well educated people. The mm-hmm. problem is access to funding, and also um, the the availability of good jobs. Um, there's so many people who have. PhDs and masters that aren't able to apply them because maybe the research facilities don't exist or the startups don't exist, or they're women who don't have access to capital um, or the field that they're working in. Just there's not a developed business there. There's no lab. Um, so I think that's the huge issue. And I think that funding so that Africans can build their own infrastructure is so important because, um, I think NGO work in Canada is really important, but local engagement is the most important thing. And so that's kind of my take on it because um, like one thing I will share is when I was there, I didn't, tell people I'm like I didn't say oh I'm in international development I just said mm-hmm. I was in international economics because to me that sounded kind of wrong I'm working with people who have masters and PhDs in topics I can't even comprehend as an economic student and I how who am I to say oh yes I'm here to develop you no there's they have the level of education and there's places that still need funding and they need um, like their governments definitely need some like redirection to reinvest funding in the right areas but there's so many other challenges too that I think that Canada can contribute a lot to when it comes to like even just helping people who maybe aren't working in innovation but are working in um, producing uh, like agricultural goods um, providing help for climate change adaptation so that the people aren't people who aren't necessarily going to be innovative quote unquote innovative in their lifetime can still access uh, funding and have good lives
2: yeah i think it's yeah it's like being able to access resources like that's the problem that's Mm -hmm. like the resources aren't there for people like to like we have the oh what's i now i can't think of the words (laughs) it's like the human capacity of being Mm -hmm. like the human capacity of being able to like tackle these issues but the resources aren't like in place or implemented to Mm -hmm. be able to like bridge that gap to be able to tackle the issues so like the bridge is missing that's the problem
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely but there are really good initiatives that exist i'm sorry i'm rambling on about this no no go ahead but there's um like there's funds like there's specifically funds for african entrepreneurs because i think that well i know there's a lot of youth in africa who are unemployed um Mm. like for example the african venture capital fund is a fund that's it's a canadian like fund it's well it's partly funded by the global by global affairs canada Mm. and they work on giving funding, business loans, either repayable or non-repayable grants to African entrepreneurs who want to start their own businesses, create African jobs, um, create a sustainable job market. Um, and I think that's one way that we can combat like a lack of innovative capacity is just by kind of like thinking out the funding, rolling out a, like a well-developed funding plan and then kind of just letting people in Africa take it and go with it because that's all that's missing is not all that's missing, but part of what's missing is money.
2: It's a start. Yeah. And like the right direction of like where we want to go with it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that's the thing we like, As you were saying before, like, you didn't go in. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories.
1: I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed.
2: New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. i wanting to be like, oh, I'm an international development. Like, you mm-hmm. would just say, like, international economics. Because I think that's the thing, too. Like, who are we to go? And Sierra mm-hmm. and I have talked about this a million times, and I've said it. But, like, who are we to go in there and tell them, like, what they need in that specific area and that community? Because, mm-hmm. like, it's a lot better to, like go in with a collaborative mindset being like Mm -hmm. okay I'm gonna work with these people because they have like the insights of what's going on there and Mm -hmm. I think that's really resourceful in the end and probably a lot more beneficial for whatever project you take on really
1: yeah because it's like I'm you know at the time I was 20 um Mm. you know just trying to like for me I felt like a privilege just to be there so I didn't want to you know Get too far over my head.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's a
0: line. Yeah, the line's there. We never want to cross it. (laughs) We look at it. We're like, not the time.
1: No, not the time. Not the time. Not the place. -mm. Not the time.
0: Not the place. You're like, maybe when I'm in my room by myself. You're like, time, place.
1: No, still not.
0: (laughs) How How do you manage to do do what you do? It's crazy because like um, Daniela said, I am a communications major and we've met a lot of different people who do a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and everybody advocates for their own thing and I think it's really important to have that one thing um, that you advocate for and yours is very unique. I I mean like you probably know a lot of people who advocate for the same things because that's the community that you are a part of mm-hmm. and that's amazing and then it's so nice to hear a different perspective of helping somebody else in another country continent um with their lives instead of just figuring out how I'm gonna help somebody or my friend who calls me
1: mm-hmm. yeah. you know
0: and it's really important it's just really Eye opening because there are so many people in this world that need or like want to do so good in life, but don't know how to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's crazy. It's crazy. It's I'm right. just gonna start rambling. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. ramble. No, let's I okay. well, to go I here.
1: Understand, I understand what you mean. Like, I when I think about how, like, I live in Canada. I live in a with a government that has like a social security net. I have a house and I can go to school and I always have a roof over my head like that's that's pretty amazing and so it's, I think like for me it's just like I want to use the way that I'm privileged to like for good because or else what's the point of it
2: and I think that's like how I always felt too about it mm-hmm. with like international development that's like yeah that was like yeah. the driving factor all of that
0: yeah the word privileged especially right now, is something that needs to be danced around, per Mm -hmm. se, because it's kind of like self-care, you know, people are like, you can just buy something for self-care, but some people take self-care as a very strong and powerful word, kind of like telling somebody that you love them, you're like, I'm not gonna tell someone who's shitty, and they suck that you love them, Mm -hmm. because like, you're lying, and it's not (laughs) fun to lie, but That's the same thing with, like, being privileged. It's like, am I privileged or am I not? Am I this or am I not? And recognizing that you are is honestly a really big step to helping so many other people around you for nothing but positivity. Mm -hmm. It's filled with nothing but positivity. And if anybody knows what's going on in the world right now, we need to help people have their voice heard when it's hard yeah like in denver right now people are just protesting and rioting luckily i'm not there because i'd be scared but (laughs) (laughs) i get really scared really fast but it's like really important because like doing all those things we need to help anybody that we can because we are quote-unquote
1: privileged you could say no absolutely
2: Yeah. And I think like that, like the idea of like, even right now, like privilege in many forms is like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's a touchy subject, like, especially right now with everything that's going on, like currently. Um, Yeah. Like I know for myself, like I've just, like I was saying with development, I think it's applied in like many ways that like, you have to know your place in a certain situation and like, the role that you play in that and like whether you like there's a line there and whether you can cross it or whether you can't as Sierra said um but I know from like even at the office that's like another thing too that's yeah. like there's you have a certain place there like you have a role and yeah whether it be professional or personal there's yeah I've yeah. had my fair share of experiences for sure <laughs>
1: Yeah, privilege is an interesting thing to dance around because people, um, like, being part of the Black community, there's... Privilege is just... It's a a difficult topic because there's times when I feel like everything's normal, everything's good, and then when there's, you know, police brutality murders, I'm like, oh, I'm reminded that this is... I think, once again, because I try not to live my life in fear or with worry or with stress just because of who I am. Because in in Canada, of course, there's a lot of issues. There's still a lot of racism to tackle, uh, no matter where you go, whether you're going to a store or to your workplace or on a bus. Like, there's always something to deal with. Um, But, yeah, in times like these, you're reminded what privilege is. And for me, like, one really big issue in the black community is like respectability politics and I think what also ties into that too is like colorism because and because I'm black but I'm lighter I face a lot less racism than people who are black but are darker than me and I think that's a huge issue that like I feel like really really inclined to speak out on because it's like I face I'm not face i benefit from privilege even though it's not it's not what I want it's not what I ask for nobody wants to feel put in a place above somebody else just because you're a lighter color and that to me is why it's so important to like speak out and use your voice because there's people who won't listen to people who are dark-skinned because they think they're just they think that black people are loud and obnoxious and talk too much and so yeah like using privilege for to speak of people who who could be victims or it's it's really it's really difficult like it's it's a difficult thing to it's not a difficult thing to do it's a difficult thing Mm -hmm. to wrap my mind around
0: Mm -hmm. it's hard because people who like you say like that the colorism can be experienced literally like 24 7 I like, you see it. It's insane not to see. It's insane to see. Thank and you. having to wrap your head around that is actually insanely hard. It and is. I give so much praise to those who see it and not necessarily stand up for it, but, like, notice it and make a difference because it's important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... um
2: yeah well yeah like I think it's really important to like advocate for all that like especially um I think yeah using like your like platform or whatever you can to be able to advocate for these people and give them a platform so you're contributing to like a greater community in that way um but yeah like I think there's definitely like challenges that come with it like I mean being a minority myself like I I know there are like challenges you face in like the professional world and like on a personal level Um, but maybe, I don't know, like, if you wouldn't mind, and we can cut this out, if not, if you're not comfortable answering Mm -hmm. this, but, like, what's been, like, your experience in an office setting as, like, a minority? Like, have you faced anything? Because even in Canada, like, as you were saying, we, like, we face things.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or experience, rather. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell because... Yeah. I haven't faced any real overt racism. The main, actually... it's more just uncomfortable and it's something I want to speak on because I think people should know that it's not Mm. okay one thing that black women face a lot in the workplace is dealing with talking about our hair and I know Mm. that that like it may seem simple people just ask seem like they're asking innocent questions but if we get braids if we straighten it if we leave it curly to have to explain every single time what's going on with our hair uh, if we straighten it, having to hear, oh, is that a wig? Is that a weave? What is that? <laughs> having to explain how I straightened my hair, like any person, whether your hair is 2A, 1B, 1C, like it's not that complicated to straighten your hair, you know? Uh, if mm-hmm. I get braids. I hear, <laughs> oh, is that dreadlocks? Do you wash your hair? Can you wash that? Can you wash that? Me having to explain that, yes, I do. I do wash my hair in the workplace just things like that things that are kind of out there I think that's the most I've dealt with real like I wouldn't say it's discrimination at all but it's definitely it's definitely I yeah I don't know how to even categorize that but it's just it's
2: something that stands like stands out to you in like your workplace like conversation like it it kind of cuts your day in like a workplace like it catches your attention yeah
1: for sure <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that's, that's the main thing I do in the workplace. I, yeah, I've been, I've been fortunate enough. And I think it, I think it still comes back to just me being seen as an acceptable type of black person that mm-hmm. I, I don't have to, I don't have to deal with anything like that, like anything worse than that.
2: Yeah. And like, I think though, I think it's important to talk about these things, as you were saying, though, because like with everything that's going on, especially right now and like this current time we are in at like the end of May with all these like situations that have happened and like these really like tragedies, basically, ultimately. Um, but I saw like a tweet or something or something on social media that said um, that the, uh, and they were right, like they were tired of seeing people being like, oh, I'm shocked that this happened. Oh, my God, this like I can't believe it. And it's like, what do you mean? like th- yeah. this, just like this is the result of like the underlying like issues that we still have in society they're just like becoming more like apparent to us but they've still like they've existed for however long just we didn't notice as much
1: yeah and I think social media plays a huge role in that too um, I think having access to social media has been able to get so many people um, justice or Maybe not justice because injustice has already been done, but raise mm. awareness so that to hopefully, hopefully prevent future injustices. If you think about the case with um, Ahmad Aubrey in early mm. February, that yeah, I think the verdict was only passed a few weeks ago, mm. um, like the guilty verdict for his murderers. So that's that and that wouldn't have been possible without social media and i think it's 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 a very scary thing to think about um and if yeah. you just think about like for me i always think about okay in the past before we had smartphones before everybody was on twitter i think about all the injustices that weren't reconciled because we didn't have these type of platforms and there's serious work to be done in in the united states and in canada too i think mm. just yesterday there was a case of uh, a Toronto woman passing away at the hands of police too and so yeah. we in yeah. Canada like we, we don't hear about it as much we don't hear about um, police brutality on Black people as often but when it does happen um, it's I always appreciate to see how much the the Black community and also the non-Black community uh, s- speaks out and rallies around us and uses their voices because that's that's the only way that change can happen. And um, it's just like a system that's really not, just not designed to keep people accountable for their actions. Mm. Uh, it's really important that the public use their voices because we're in a democracy. Like as much as we say like, uh, Oh, like, they're the police, they have, you know, they can use the force, but it's still a democracy. So
2: and I think a lot of the time, like, um, Western, like, justice systems are held on a pedestal, like they're put mm-hmm. up on a pedestal. However, this shows really that, like, it's not perfect. Like, maybe this isn't, like, the exact model to follow necessarily, that the whole world needs to follow our justice system and our, like, um, yeah, our model for, like, development per se.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
2: yeah, it just bothers yeah. me. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> and if we go back to development, like that really puts development back into question. It's like, yeah, well, it does. Who, who is the model for development? I know it's not us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it is not us. Yeah. <laughs> um which is funny because, like, we look at all of these things, and you both work in international studies as like a realm, um, and. It is so crazy because you guys see more firsthand, or obviously not firsthand, but you see out of hand that um, all of these injustices and all of these unfair treatment to literally everybody that is in a specific group is untreated, like not treated equally and fairly and with the fair goods like it's the same type of situation like you know people work really hard and need to be recognized for that and not taken granted of Mm -hmm. like taken advantage of because it's quote unquote their job or um something like that and people who are a part of the black lives movement like they are reaching out for these people who are getting taken granted of and are being mistreated and I think it's really important to focus on that right now especially with any background if you're able to help any sort of group whether that be the people who work for Driscoll's and who are getting paid like ass Mm -hmm. or the monopolied bananas like that's serious no, it it's is. all serious and like one day it's all going to change and through us and the path that we choose to follow like every day we need to think about all of the choices that we make and that every single choice that we have has a consequence and a non-consequence.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Consequence is kind of bad you could say yeah. but um, having those two yeah. in mind an outcome no matter what Um, It's important to be like cognitive of what you're doing Mm -hmm. to not dance around but like think of other people first because people are people and everybody is person yeah
1: no I agree and and it comes back down to like your privilege because it's like we all like not we all but most people in North America have the ability to buy Groceries for ourselves and make the choices yeah. that we can to not to not buy products that are exploitative, and I think mm-hmm. that people also have to, have to remember too. Like, and it took me a while to wrap my head around this: is that like as a consumer, your your dollars, like your buying power, like it's truly that it's power. Like what you spend your money on, like it can shape the mm-hmm. way the world is. Um, That's
0: I think about that statement. Every single day. Like, Mm -hmm. I used to be one of those, you know, like, oh, my God, let's go to TJ Maxx every other day. Home goods. That's the place. (laughs) Um, And my boyfriend, he's a big advocate for mistreatment. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, like, straight edge vegan. So he talks about those people who get mistreated, like, the fair trade. Like, Mm -hmm. he does not buy anything that mistreats their people. And it took me an insane amount of time to... Understand why you know we just buy what's on the shelf, mm-hmm. we don't look, we don't like the average person doesn't really notice what they are doing, and it's sorry to say it, but it is disgusting how much like of a consumer based society that we are watching all these youtubers not really care what they promote, mm-hmm. and it makes me just want to unfollow every single person because like you have such a big platform. Yeah that you can't even find out where your berries come from? Like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like, as an example, and, oh, sorry. But just a little tangent. I just had to get that off my chest. It's been weeks. But (laughs) it's just insane. Like, platforms, like, consumerism. Like, we, the consumer, have such a say in what happens to other people, whether we know it or not. And it just fuels the path to equality? Mm. No. Yeah. Not well, equality. Like- but, you know.
1: <laughs> Seriously. I just yeah. justice. Like, just, like, yeah. people getting what's fair. Like, I think even, like, to one thing that's important to think about, too, is um justice with when we're talking about clothing. Like, those ethical yeah. clothing has kind of a bad rap for being really expensive. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't need to be. Like, there's... Fairtrade also produces cotton too. There's a lot of fairtrade cotton produced in India. There is,
2: yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. and um, I mean, this isn't fairtrade, but there's a brand called Cotton. It's spelled K-O-T-N, mm-hmm. and it's based out of Toronto, and they work with Egyptian cotton farmers, and they do like they specifically focus on like doing community-based trade. And I love that brand. It's a brand they have really good quality t-shirts and skirts and pants, and they're affordable. And it's Canadian and I recommend everyone checks out cotton because I think that I always feel good when I buy from them. There's I mean, there's also like Everlane and Tentree mm-hmm. and like mm. I think when you buy clothes are a bit more basic, like more simple, though you generally can mix and match the more you'll need less clothes. There's also a lot. I found I've been this quarantine I've been a little bored. So I've been doing a lot of searching <laughs> on Instagram like like vintage slash thrifted goods like there's a lot of like online thrift shops where I can get a lot of you can find a lot of cute stuff if you're just willing to put in the time to like work for it um I can mention some of them later but I think that's also really important too like if you're looking for new clothes like try and buy clothes that are already made I think that's the best thing you can do buy clothes that are You're basically diverting from a landfill and also you're supporting a small business, like a person who's spending their time looking for these clothes, making sure they're good quality so that people can I mean it's a doubly beneficial relationship.
2: Yeah, like Sierra and I are super into thrifting. (laughs) We're like like hearing you, we're like, yes, say it louder. (laughs) Say it louder for the people in the (laughs) back. And then for like one of
0: our last questions, you could say, um, what do you want our listeners to take away from this?
1: Oh, okay. I know. Big one, big one. Big, 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 big. Yeah. I think, hmm, I think that I want the listeners to take away that no matter what, no matter what you do, you have power. Whether it's going to the grocery store, whether it's um, being mindful in the type of work that you do. Um, it doesn't matter what your cause is. It doesn't matter what your goal is. Um, as long as you're working towards something that you truly believe in, like you can make a difference and you can feel s- successful. Cause that's the whole point of, I guess what we're talking about here today is like how you define success. Well, success is whatever you make of it. So I think that if you have the time during this, during this period of self-isolation, this pandemic.
2: Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there's, actually, there's actually one thing I wanted to share.
2: It's, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: oh, it's in my notebook. Hold on.
2: <laughs> oh, we love that.
1: <laughs> it's uh, really interesting. Okay. So basically, it's like an exercise that you can do. And I think that everyone should do it it's really simple so it's you make I need this you take a piece of paper and you make four lists the first list is things that you love uh the the second one is things that you're good at the third one's things that make money and the fourth one is things the world needs and then you make you fill in all those lists of things you love good at make money the world needs and you try and see where those things overlap and then where they overlap that could help you figure out What what your career would be like in the future? What type of work you want to do? Because it helps you keep like a more a more holistic view of just of life and of production. So that's something I've been working on this quarantine. I just kind of wanted to share that because.
2: That's no, I love that. that. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm definitely going to try that out. I I need this. Oh wow! Because yeah, I think it like. It kind of, as you were saying, like, with overlapping and stuff, it overlaps, like, self-love in a way, but also, like, what you want, like, to happen in the world. Like, what you, like, feel like needs to happen. Yeah, those two things overlap. And then, wow, yeah. what a great exercise,
1: honestly. Uh, listen, I've been trying to keep busy. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Nothing. It's kind of, like, busy as in, like, cootie catcher, mash, type busy in this quarantine, honestly. Uh, this days. And then... Honestly, there are days. Did you want to share your socials um, or anywhere that somebody can find you in case they want to connect or ask you some questions? Um, One of our earlier guests had mentioned that if you see somebody that uh, you like share a common interest, like it's important to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. So we like to, you know, self promo yourself just in case you can find like
1: a new bestie. Oh, that's cute. You guys really felt this through. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my social is, okay, so I, I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my okay. Insta- I'll just, my name is just Michaela underscore Boyd is my name in the okay. title of this podcast. It's going to be, us. yes. Okay, so. We can yeah. also,
2: yeah, we can also link your Instagram and stuff yeah. To, in yeah the description of the episode.
1: Um, actually, I might have lied. I think my Instagram is Michaela
2: if not it's okay we'll just link it we'll link
1: it it.
0: and then your twitter
1: my twitter is michaela underscore boyd that i know okay that's confirmed
2: (laughs) it's a dot instagram i can confirm it's a dot okay (laughs) cool cool cool. (laughs) Um, thank you so much for coming on our podcast thank you guys for
1: having me this is great